3 million electric toothbrushes were hacked, added to a botnet, and used to carry out DDoS attacks. Or were they? Also in your Hacking News Roundup, the FBI nuked a Chinese government botnet, and Italian hackers found a way to weaponize pizza. But first, Reddit, TikTok, and even mainstream media completely lost their minds a couple days ago when a Swiss news website posted about a giant botnet built using hacked smart toothbrushes. The toothbrushes are attacking, the article reads. She's at home in the bathroom, but she's part of a large-scale cyber attack. The electric toothbrush is programmed with Java, and criminals have unnoticed installed malware on it, like on three million other toothbrushes. One command is enough, and the remote-controlled toothbrushes simultaneously access the website of a Swiss company. The site collapses and is paralyzed for four hours. Millions of dollars in damage is caused, and this example, which seems like a Hollywood scenario, actually happened. But did it actually happen? No, of course it didn't. The Swiss newspaper attributed this story to the cybersecurity company Fortinet, but there's no evidence that such a botnet has ever existed. And after a mini internet meltdown, the site posted an update that this whole article was just the result of a little misunderstanding. Luckily, the cybersecurity sphere has a good sense of humor, with Malwarebytes posting a very brief article to help you determine if your toothbrush is actually part of a botnet. But could this age badly? How realistic is a botnet built on smart toothbrushes? Well, smart toothbrushes are exceedingly common, if not the norm for electric toothbrushes these days. In fact, whilst I hate to admit it, I have one. Though I've never used its smart features, and it doesn't look like I'm missing out on much, because the only smart features it has are, well, a timer, you can also see if you're forgetting to brush a certain tooth, and you can change the color of the RGB LED. Very fancy. To enable these groundbreaking features, the majority of smart toothbrushes use a Bluetooth chip that communicates with an app on your phone. So unlike IoT devices, which are often hacked and added to botnets, these toothbrushes are not directly exposed to the internet. So even if an attacker was somehow able to load hacked firmware onto one of these things, with the absence of Wi-Fi, there would be no way to control it. Or would there? You see, many chips that devices like this use to deal with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi aren't just capable of one or the other, but actually come with both of these in order to give device manufacturers some flexibility. It's quite common that just one of these technologies is used and the other is disabled in firmware. A great example of this was with Google's Stadio controller. It exclusively used some kind of proprietary Wi-Fi connection. However, when Stadio joins the long list of projects killed by Google, instead of just letting all these things end up in landfill, Google released a firmware update that enabled a hidden Bluetooth feature on the controllers, enabling them to continue their lives as just generic Bluetooth controllers. So yeah, a botnet built on toothbrushes is hypothetically at least possible, though for now at least, there's just lower hanging fruit. The FBI has just announced that they've cybernuked a CCP-backed botnet. But before we get to that, I need to tell you about today's sponsor, PlexTrack. What if I told you penetration test reporting doesn't have to be a time suck? With PlexTrack, you can rapidly generate a pen testing report in as little as five minutes. Using the content library, you can easily pull pre-written narratives and findings write-ups into your report and just edit the specifics so you don't waste time copy-pasting from previous engagements. Shortcodes help keep your report modular and reusable across pen tests. And PlexTrack makes your peer review workflow easy. Adding comments and collaborating across your team is a breeze. The goal with PlexTrack is to set your formatting and create reusable content once, then present your best work every time. Build consistent, high-quality reports in a fraction of the time by automating with PlexTrack. Use the link in the description now to sign up for a one-on-one -on -one personalized demo of the platform so you can finally make what was previously a mundane and time-consuming task easy. But anyway, back to the video. 
The KV botnet was the creation of Vault Typhoon, a Chinese state-backed group that spent a good chunk of 2023 using the KV botnet to do cyber espionage across the US. These guys have targeted a whole array of different industries. Law enforcement hasn't gone into too much detail on the purpose of Vault Typhoon's operations, but we do know that the KV botnet has been crucial to their success, and it works like this. The botnet was primarily made up of old Cisco and Netgear routers, owned by presumably non-tech people, who hadn't realized that their routers had reached end-of-life status and were no longer receiving security updates, meaning that they will have been vulnerable to all kinds of exploits. In fact, when it comes to a particular Cisco model, Vault Typhoon hacked 30% of all of them in existence, bumping up the total number of hacked routers into the hundreds. Once in place, the botnet acted like a kind of private VPN for the Chinese hackers, helping them cover their tracks by blending in their malicious traffic with legitimate residential traffic. But unfortunately for the CCP, the FBI cracked the protocol that Vault Typhoon was using to control those hacked routers and swiftly applied for warrants to essentially hack back the routers from China. The warrants reveal that the FBI used the botnet's own functionality against it to gather information about each node, like IP address and port numbers. Then they took advantage of a built-in kill switch to essentially delete the malware from each infected router. If you're new here, the thought of the FBI hacking your home router on your behalf might sound at least a little bit sketchy, but it's actually become very common in the past couple of years and is pretty much standard practice at this point when it comes to law enforcement dismantling botnets. However, the FBI's action was limited to only removing the malware. They're not even patching the vulnerable routers here. In fact, despite the heavily redacted court documents, we can just about make out that the effect of the FBI's action can actually be undone by just restarting the target device, which will make the router vulnerable to reinfection. But for now at least, Vault Typhoon will have to find something else to launch their operations from. Hackers have found a way to exploit pictures of pizza in order to spread malware. And yes, the hackers here are Italian. The campaign, which was discovered by researchers at Mandiant, is being run by a cybercriminal group with the very unmemorable name UNC4990. These guys have been hiding snippets of malicious code on the tech news website Ars Technica. In one instance, the bad guys created a dummy Ars Technica account and in the about section of their profile linked to a picture of a pizza. However, this pizza was given one extra topping when the bad guys hit malicious code encoded in Base64 in a parameter of the image's URL. On the surface, of course, this doesn't do anything malicious. Viewing the image isn't going to pack you or anything. It turns out this is just one small part of a larger campaign that spreads malware via USB sticks. And it works like this. UNC 4990's malicious USB sticks use a really basic trick. After plugging in and opening the drive, you'll find what looks like another drive inside of the drive. But of course, given the little shortcut icon, it's just a shortcut that's using a drive icon as bait. Hiding behind the shortcut is a sneaky PowerShell script. And if you fall for the bait, the PowerShell script is triggered in the background, which navigates to the hard-coded Ars Technica profile and grabs the malicious code hidden in the pizza pick. It's decoded, which reveals a download link to malware called Empty Space. This malware eventually results in a typical crypto stealer being dropped on the victim PC, which, just like any regular crypto stealer, will constantly monitor your clipboard for wallet addresses so that when you copy one, it'll sneakily switch it out for an address owned by the bad guys, so you end up unwittingly sending your coins to the attackers by mistake. And whilst this might all seem like a silly roundabout way to grab a download link for malware, after all the bad guys could have just hard-coded the download link in the original PowerShell script, using pizza picks does have some upsides. If the download link gets taken down, then the bad guys can just create a new one and update the code that's hiding behind the pizza pick. 
Also, Ars Technica is a well-known mainstream site that's probably not going to be blocked by any firewall. And this campaign seems to have worked. The researchers extracted wallet addresses from the malware and found that it scooped up over $50,000 worth of crypto assets. And that's not even including the value of stolen Monero, which is unknown for obvious reasons. The bad guys haven't just been exploiting pizza pictures on Ars Technica. On another occasion, they were also found hiding their malicious code on Vimeo in the descriptions of Pink Floyd songs. As always, thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next video. Have a good one.